KYT 88.1 FM. 70,000 watts of gospel power. Power beaming on the blue mountains of Mississippi and the flat plains of West Texas and the beaches and bayous of Louisiana. KAYT 88.1 FM. with Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I invite you to stay tuned as I share a powerful message from God's Word that will change your life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And now, here's today's message. Since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about expecting the glory of God and going beyond any limits that you've ever achieved or obtained, bursting and busting through and breaking through any previous highs. Amen. Praise God. And I, I certainly know that's happened for my brother Ricky. Been places he's never been, him and Sid. They've gone beyond anything they've ever accomplished before. So God is doing that in this time Amen. for people who are hungry, who, are, who have a heart for him, and that will just listen and obey him. So I said, I want to exceed any previous limits that I've achieved. I want to give more this year than i ever given. I want to read more than i ever read, pray more than i ever prayed, minister to more people than I've ever ministered to. Just want to go past any boundaries. Any highs want to exceed everything that we've ever done. These are our best days. Amen. And so we, we talked about how this would be a year of tremendous increase. And then God gave a prophetic word to Jerry Savelle that I've been sharing with you about 2015. And I'm going to share that with you again before we get into word today. He says the year of visitations, manifestations, and demonstrations. Now, how many of you already experienced that already? Yeah. Praise God. We get testimonies on a weekly basis of how God is blessing people. And how God is moving in their life. This is what he says. Experiencing the greater glory is still my plan. And you'll see the great I am shall visit your land. Manifestations of my spirit as never before. And demonstrations of my power from shore to shore. Supernatural provision. And greater breakthroughs too. Yes, this is my plan and my will for you. The powers of darkness will no longer stand. For I will show you, show them the strength of my right hand. I'll have my way and all shall see. No power is greater nor equal to me. My people will rise up and take their place. And no enemy will stop them from finishing their race. Amen. Yes, 2015, you'll surely see, will be a year that will go down in history. Amen. So lift up your hands and boldly decree, something great is about to happen to me. Go ahead and declare that. Something great's about to happen to me. Go ahead and add this to it. Something good's about to happen to me. How many of you believe for something good? Amen. How many know God's got good planned for you? He hadn't planned evil for you. He's planned good. Amen. And then we've been we've been camped out at Hebrews 2, 2, 4. It says God also bearing them witness both with signs, wonders, divers, miracles, 
and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 2 says that God will move with demonstrations of the spirit and of power. And so we believe in God for all that. Greater manifestations of the gifts, greater demonstrations of power, greater demonstrations of miracles, greater demonstrations of the spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit confirming and demonstrating the word that's being declared over the pulpit or through the pulpit and also in your own personal life. God will confirm his word to you with signs, wonders, miracles, <laughs> gifts of the Holy Ghost, demonstrations of power, and demonstrations of the Spirit so that the world can see that Jesus is alive. It's all about the glory of Jesus. And then we shared with you that goodness is a manifestation of the glory of God. Now, as I shared with y'all previously, you know, when I ministered at Pastor Little's church uh, anniversary, when I was praying about what to minister there, the Lord said, I want you to talk about my goodness. So wasn't something I wanted to talk about, you know. I, I said, what am I going to say about the goodness of God? Everybody know God's good. But he said, not like they ought to. Amen. So anyway, I got in the word, and, and after a couple of days of meditating on scriptures, God gave me a word on his goodness, and we've been running on that, been running on the goodness of God. Amen. And the Lord showed me this. Let me give you these scriptures. Nahum 1, 7 says, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, he knows them that trust in him. Yeah. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Notice the connection of trust in God. Psalm 100, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Now, we've been believing God for the glory. The glory of God is manifested in three primary ways. The presence of God. God will reveal his glory through his power, through great acts of might and strength, doing things that only he can do. And then through his goodness. Did you know that the goodness of God is a manifestation of his glory? Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know about this part. I knew about his presence, I knew about his power, but I never associated God's goodness with his glory until God took me to the scripture in Exodus chapter 33. And he said, and Moses said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. Now that's amazing when you think of all the things that Moses saw already. He saw God speak to him through a burning bush. He saw signs, wonders, miracles. In fact, the Bible says great signs, great wonders, great miracles in the land of Egypt. Moses saw the Red Sea part. He saw water turn into blood. He saw the power of the blood on the doorposts and how God brought them out of Egypt with, with great favor and great demonstrations. And then when they got over in the wilderness, he saw water come out of a rock. They got to a place of bitter water, and God told them, take a tree. That's the cross. Put it in the bitter water, and the water was made sweet. That's the cross of Jesus Christ, making bitter things sweet. So Moses has seen all kinds of things that most of us will never see. I'll probably never see a sea part. I'd like to see the Red River part. Just not have to go real far. Just go down on the levee and just watch it spread out. Moses saw some stuff. But over in the 33rd chapter, he said, Lord, show me your glory. Well, what more does man want to see? 
They send bread come down out of heaven. They got a cloud in the daytime, a pillar of fire at night, and he's still hungry. He's still hungry for more of God. After all he had seen, he was still hungry for God's presence. Because if you read up in the 30, uh, 32nd chapter, where he says, and God says, I want you to go, and Moses says, if you don't go with us, if your presence don't go with us, the trip is canceled. We ain't going if you don't go. This man's still hungry for the glory. So he asked God, and I don't know how I read over it all these years. He said, I beseech thee, I beg thee, I implore thee, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Then I got it. Moses said, God, show me your glory. God said, I'll let you see my goodness. He equated his glory with his goodness. And then he said, and then I'm going to proclaim my name to you. I'm going to give you a revelation of who I am. And I'm going to give you a reason. And I'm going to show you that my goodness is wrapped up in who I am. It's wrapped up in my name. And, and then we see it in Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. Actually, it's in Exodus 34, 5 and 6. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Praise God. So if I want to see the glory of God, then I've got to expect good. I've got to expect demonstrations of power in my life, and I've got to expect God's presence, because if God don't go with us, we ain't going. If we can't do it with God, we ain't doing it. Amen? So the goodness of God, and, and a lot of times when people say it all the time, you hear, boy, the Lord is good. And I remember a, a, a few years ago, you know, I, I, was, I was just thinking about what I say when I come up here. And I always say, you know, praise God for his goodness. You know, God is good. And then I started to sound like a broken record, you know, to myself. I said, I'm always just saying the same, God is good. But I didn't know what I was saying. I just repeating that. But when you look into the goodness of God, and that's not what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm just kind of laying a foundation for some things here. But when you look into the goodness of God, when you look at what that word literally means, the word good or goodness captures all of the magnificent, beautiful qualities of our great God. These words express both his character and his actions toward us. Now, the word good, when you look at the different aspects of it in the Hebrew and in the Greek, these are the qualities of God that it captures. Not bad or evil. That's good. Moral excellence. Uprightness. Honorable. Pleasing. Gracious. Pleasant. Agreeable. Kindness. Loving kindness. You know that loving kindness and goodness come, out of, come from the same Hebrew word? Loving kindness, precious, benevolent, beneficial, rich, joyful, happy, glad, happiness, favor, forgiveness, faithful, valuable in estimation, well, better, best, mercy, distinguished, right, prosperity, fine, wealth, beautiful, welfare. And I just come up with one word, blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Just call it 
Just call it the blessing. Hallelujah. So God is good, amen. And when we talk about God being good, then we are not putting God on the same level as our red beans and rice or our peach cobbler or our ice cream. Oh, I live in a good house. I drive a good car. I got a good job. But when you say God is good, you ain't talking about the same thing. Don't put God on the same level at all this material stuff you got. Because there's a depth to God's goodness that transcends what we can even comprehend. So when you say God is good, then you ought to be thinking every time. You ought to be thinking about some quality of God or some experience that you've had with God that's reminding you that God is good. In other words, you say, what about Brother Eugene? And I say, that's a good friend of mine. That means that I have recalled to memory my experiences with him. And I've summed it up and say he's good. That means he's not bad, he's not evil. My experience with him have been pleasant, yeah. joyful, yeah. beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> right? So when you think about God, sometimes people say, the Lord is good. Don't think nothing about him. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Yeah. And don't mean nothing. So I'm renewing my mind that when I say God is good, I'm calling to my memory right then some experience that I've had with God. Or some way that God has blessed me, made himself known to me. Something God has done on my behalf. And therefore, when I say God is good, there's a depth of meaning and experience behind it. I ain't just saying it off the cuff. Go ahead and say it right now. But But be thinking. Don't just say it and don't think about him. Now think about something he's done for you. Remember his goodness right now. Hallelujah. I mean, you remember his goodness. Something will come to your mind. When you say God is good, I'm going to tell you something about him going to come to your memory of how God has blessed you, delivered you, healed you, provided for you, protected you. He's done something in your life. Hallelujah. That lets you know that he's good. The Bible says he's good to all. Every person on the face of this earth, if they will look hard at their life, if they'll look just a little bit, they'll see that God been good, even if they don't believe in him. Because God is good to people that don't even like him. God is good to people that don't even love him. God is good to people that have set themselves up as his enemies. Because he give breath to all men. He's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, he's good. Amen. We thank God for his goodness because his goodness is all around. In fact, the Bible says that the whole earth is full of the goodness of God. And the Bible says that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. See, God had to work in you before you got saved. And he had to reveal himself to you before you would accept Christ. And you had to know that God had a better plan for you than you had for yourself. I say it this way. God's goodness is so powerful that it will make a man change his mind about serving God. (laughs) It's the goodness that leads you to repent, that calls you to change your mind. When God begins to power down and show forth his goodness in your life, it'll make a man bow down and say, I've got to serve that God. 
I remember that time I prayed for Mama Elfa when she had a bad knee. She's walking with a cane. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I laid hands on that knee sitting right beside her, and I just asked God because I said, I believe God love you. I don't believe God wants you walking around with this cane. I just believed in the goodness of God. God wants you well. She said, well, they say I got arthritis in that knee. I said, well, I believe Jesus can heal us. So I said, can I read some healing scriptures to you? Amen. So we took some healing scriptures. I read them to her. And I got to that part in Mark chapter 16 where it says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mom melted like jumped out of the chair. She said, that's in the Bible. Huh? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. Where is that in the Bible? I ain't never heard that. So I put the Bible right in the face. I said, look, read. Read it for yourself. They shall lay hands on the sick and they get and they shall recover. I said, Mom, do you believe that? She says, in the Bible, ain't it? If it's in the Bible, I believe it. So I said, well, when I pray for you, what's going? She said, did you see what the Bible say? <laughs> I laid hands. I prayed a short prayer. I said, I said, Father in Jesus' name, heal my grandmama's knee, take all the pain out of it and swelling. And I waited for a minute because you got to listen to God when you're praying. Don't just pray out of your own head. Pray from your heart what God's telling you. And then I say, in Jesus' name, my curse is authorized, commanded to go. That's all I said. And she looked at me and smiled real big. And then there was a cane sitting on the coffee table right in front of us. Mommy had to grab that cane. And I thought, I said, I'm thinking to myself, she getting ready to test that knee out. She, getting, she got faith. And she threw that cane across the room. Hit the wall on the other side. She said, I don't need that no more. And Mama Elta started walking Amen. with no pain. Amen. And I went ballistic. <laughs> Man, I started dancing. I was flipping around. I, I ran past her up there to where the fireplace was at. And I was up there dancing. I was praising God. And Mama Elta come through the other room. She had her hands raised up like this. She said, Greg, who wouldn't serve a God like this? What was she experiencing? Hallelujah. The goodness of God. What did it do? It endeared her heart to him. Just pulled her right in. Hallelujah. Thank God for his goodness. Amen. Praise God. Now, because God is good, he has a tremendous plan for your life. Tremendous plan. No matter what you've been through in life, God's plan is good. God does not design bad plans for people. He designs good plans. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Bible says this, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand, for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. It's been already prearranged. If you, when you get in the will of God by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, you enter into the master's plan for your life. See, there's, there's a human plan. The Bible talks about the will of man. That's what other people want you to do. Then the Bible talks about the will of your enemies. That's the will that the devil has and people that don't like it. They got a plan for your life. And then there's the will of the flesh. That's what you want. That's your plan. What you desire. What you want to do. And then there's the will of God. <laughs> I call God's plan the master plan. 
When you're doing what you want to do, you're just in the flesh plan. When you're doing what other people are doing, you're just in the plan of man. And when you go contrary to God all the way, then you're in the devil's plan. And it's got built-in evil. Just like God's plan has built-in good for you, the devil's plan got built-in evil. Built-in destruction in the devil's plan. Built-in death. See, God built life into his plan. Jesus said, I came that you might have life, and that what? More abundantly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God has planned good for you. He's planned for your salvation. He's planned for your health. He's planned for your prosperity, for your blessing, for your joy, for your peace, for your victory. Right in the midst of what you're going through. He planned it for you. Amen. Now, in life, there are two kinds of adversity. Two kinds. There are two kinds of adversity. There's adversity or trouble that comes because we've rejected or disobeyed God's will. And we're following some other plan. This kind of adversity results in sorrow, heartache, pain, destruction, ultimately death. But there's also adversity that comes because you're in the will of God. <laughs> See, there's two kinds. There's, there's an adversity that comes trouble, hardship that comes because you ain't in the will of God. And then there's adversity and hardship that come because you are in the will of God. But that kind of adversity will build joy, peace, righteousness, and love. It'll, it'll build character in you. Because Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but what? Be a what? What did he say, be a what? Don't he know about what tribulation do to a person? <laughs> I ain't never had nobody come to the altar say, Pastor, I'm believing for some more tribulation. Can you ask God to give me some more tribulation? I just need a little more trouble in my life to make it. I just need a more hard places. I want my character develop. <laughs> I want to really put my faith on the line and believe God, trust him. Ask, I'm asking for more trouble. God, send the trouble, Lord. I got to have some more pain. Some more sorrows on heart. Give me some tough places. I ain't never had nobody pray that kind of prayer. You may have, but I ain't. <laughs> I ain't never prayed for that kind of prayer. I've been saved over 30 years. I ain't never asked God, Lord, give me some more tribulation. <laughs> but you know, Paul said we glory in tribulation. He get happy with it. I say now either Paul and lost his mind or this man got a revelation. I believe you got a revelation. We glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope, hope making not a shame because the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost who's been given to us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, most of us disobey that scripture right there off the bat. Because what's the first instruction? Think it not strange. What happened when trouble come? We think it's strange. I'm doing all I know how. I'm tired. I'm going to church. I'm loving my enemies. Lord, why this happening to me? 
First thing we do is think it's strange. This, why this, I'm doing, I did just what God told me. Now, if you're, if you're in that place where you're doing just what God told you to do, and you still have tribulation, you know that Jesus done approved it. He didn't approve that tribulation. And that tribulation is going to work for you a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Amen. It's going to do something for you. It's going to put you over. It's going to take you to another level. It's going to raise you up. It's going to put something in you that's going to make you stronger. Amen. You're going to come out of that with pure joy. You'll come out of there speaking about, man, let me tell you what God did. You'll have testimony. You know what? There are no great testimonies without great trials. If you got a powerful testimony, that's because you went through some powerful tribulation. Hallelujah. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. You know the fiery trial? Trouble, calamity, trials. Trials that test your character. As though some strange thing happened to you. But, but then he says this, but rejoice. Don't that sound like Jesus? Count it all joy when you're surrounded by different kinds of tribulation and tests and trials, temptation. The message is consistent. That when you're going through a hard place, you need to put your praise on. Hallelujah. You need to rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Now, you see, when you're suffering a hard place, going through a struggle, but you're doing everything God told you to do, then you're actually suffering with him. That's suffering that's been approved by him. So he tell you to rejoice in it because I've already got built-in victory planned. You keep trusting God, you keep your eyes on Jesus, and you'll walk right through that trial, right on into victory. I mean, you can see it all through the Bible. I mean, what about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Didn't they have a trial? Yeah, didn't they have a, I mean, a great ordeal in front of them? Wasn't their faith tested? But they went through the trial. They went into that fiery furnace and came out without the smell of smoke on them. But I'll tell you what, I bet they's happy when they come out of that. I bet, really, I bet you couldn't contain their joy. <laughs> you talk about a sign and a wonder. You talk about amazing miracles. And great joy right in the midst of it. 1 Peter 3. Verse number eight. Listen at this right here. I'm going to read this out of New Living Translation. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. That means rejoice. So be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. 
Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. This life does not come without some bumps and bruises along the way. This life is not one of, of uh, the absence of adversity. But in the midst of the adversity, God gives us the grace and manifests his goodness that allows us to keep on moving and to keep on trusting him. How many of y'all been through some stuff? <laughs> Why are you still here? Because God been good to you. Because God been good to you. Because he has supplied to you what you needed when you needed it. Amen. Listening to Living by the Word with your host, Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I trust that you received the Word of God that will change your life and make you strong. This message is available for a gift of $8 postage paid. If you would like a copy of today's message, call us at 318-442-8100. That's 318-442-8100. Or write us at P.O. Box 13195, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71315. We invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for worship service. We're located at 4701 Lee Street, just two blocks off MacArthur Drive. Until next time, may God richly bless you. Yeah.